0: But the epiphany behind it was that this fourplex, I made similar beginner mistakes, right? Yep. But every time I made a mistake in the fourplex, the other three tenants still covered my mortgage. They still covered my repairs. They still covered everything. My debt was still getting paid down. I still got tax write-offs. The flip, every time we made a mistake, that's thousands of dollars going out of my pocket.
1: All right, three full listeners. Thanks for joining us for another episode. We got a great guest today. Uh, Fritz Ritter is joining us. Uh, Fritz, thanks. Thanks so much for coming on the show today.
0: Hey, Lee. Thanks for having me on, man.
1: Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on, Fritz. Um, Let me give a a quick uh, intro here to Fritz and then we'll ask him to tell us a little bit more about his his background and how he got started in real estate. So uh, today he directs daily business development investment packaging, operations, and is active in the capital raising for Kronos Investments. Um, we'll get into that a little bit later, but uh, um, the, the company that he started with a couple of buddies of his, he has successfully acquired and repositioned opportunities in multifamily assets with various b- business partners. Um, he's really good at sourcing value add properties, building rapport with colleagues, and negotiating with sellers, um, and uh, serves Kronos on every platform and acquisition initiatives he's uh, the boots on the ground mentality since from beginning of his career and as a certified um, and trained electrician. So um, he, he's a, he's a hands-on guy, blue collar guy. Uh, Fritz, tell us a little bit about what you were doing before you got into real estate and then, you know, what made you, what got you interested in real estate? What made you get into it?
0: Yeah, Lee, thanks again for uh, introducing me like that. Uh, it Absolutely. sounds a lot better than what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so I, I've, got out of high school and immediately started working. Um, I was in night shift, worked with my hands a lot. We did some traffic work, road work kind of stuff. I got Mm -hmm. into electrical work. So, um, I made the jump to become electrician and contractor. And after about, you know, four or five years, I realized like, man, this is kind of hard work, you know? Um, you know, I don't know if I want to do this forever. And at the time, um, this is now my ex, but, uh, her father had a lot of real estate in, uh, I'm in Maryland, so uh, in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, And he had like a lot of real estate free and clear. And, you know, it really was like that first aha moment for me when I was just like, you know, he had a good job, like don't worry, he worked at the port, made like a lot of money. But, you know, uh, the real estate is what really gave him like this, like power, like, I don't need the job. Right. And and that's when I really kind of just like felt it. Like, oh, I want to be able to do that. And, like, you know, he's a very generous guy. Always gave money out, you know, um, just did everything for his family. Like, they always had like, nice stuff, did good trips, very generous. And just, like, I kind of looked at it, and I was just like, wow, you know, like, this guy kind of came where I came from, like, just worked really hard, like, no college, nothing like that. And he just made his life into something amazing. And I was like, okay, well, why can't I do that? So I started going to, uh, and it was uh, that real
1: estate that kind of leveled him up, like like you're yeah. saying. I mean, and and uh, you know, just just real quick. I mean, I, I was, you know, you and I are really into multifamily, and we'll talk more about that. And and we think it's it's the best route. But man, I I think everybody should be in real estate to some degree. Like if all you do is what that guy did is like, I'm just going to buy a couple of investment properties and pay them off. I mean, I think there's a better way to do it. Like. If you want to go bigger, but some people don't, like you and I, for it's like yeah. have kind of a big vision of of kind of going big and, and and doing something big. But like even if you just buy a couple and pay them off, yeah, like the day you don't have a mortgage on those properties, the cash flow is incredible. And like yeah. you said, yeah, this guy, I and mean, maybe he's just pulling in a, a couple thousand, a few thousand a month, but I mean, for, for very little work on top of your job, you know, a few thousand a month, 36 grand a year, just on top of what you're already making. I mean, yeah, the, the, the security, the extra security, the extra freedom that even just that can provide you. And I mean, you can get numbers like that on a couple properties that you have paid off. You can easily make, you know, 30, $40,000 a year on a couple properties you have paid off. So yeah, I, I, I love, that is a great example. What, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised that you were influenced by like, wow. I mean, just, just having a few properties and having them paid off. Like what, what financial freedom that can give you. I mean, the guy's still working, but it's like, yeah, but I got this on the side. And like you said, like you didn't have to if, either. Yeah. Even if he that would. Yeah. Saying. So even if he loses his job, okay. Uh, I've got this, like, yeah, <laughs> it, it just, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. so beneficial. I think it's, it's good for
0: everybody. Yeah. You got a totally different mindset when you go into work and you don't like, you don't need it. You know, you don't have to suffer anymore. You know, a lot of people I'd say about 80% of people don't really like what they do during the day. Yeah. And, you know, if, if you go in, you know, you do your job, but if you're like constantly being hounded or anything like that, like you're just miserable, you can get up and roll, you know, like, yeah. Hey, I'm I'm done right. with this. You know, I don't need you screaming in my face every morning. Like, I'm, I'm out. I'm good.
1: <laughs> well, And then I, I think too, like maybe that extra thirty to 40,000 is like, Hey, I don't have to, I don't have to take the next promotion. Like the next promotion comes with more money, but it comes with a lot more responsibility, maybe more travel, more time away from your family. And just, I, I know guys that have been like, you know, I decided not to climb the corporate ladder. I decided to get into real estate and it's almost like the real estate investments has been there increasing their income. So just over the years, they're buying more, um, real estate. Maybe, maybe, maybe they are investing in syndications. Like what you guys got going for it. And like putting their money to work and it, now their money's working for them. It's like their money is doing that extra work that they would have to do to climb the corporate ladder. And so like some guys are just, uh, a good buddy, the guy that's come a good friend of mine, uh, John, um, he, he just slowly invested in real estate and decided not to climb the corporate ladder. And so he has a great work-life balance, just doing like just a more regular job working less hours, but he's making more money because of his real estate, not because of his job. So yeah, just man, that the power in that. I'm glad you it brought was, that up.
0: Yeah, no, it, it was a huge eye opener to me. And um, you know, it just, it really just cleared it up. I was just like, you can have your retirement in 10 years as opposed to 40 mm-hmm. years, you know, like sure. think about a retirement check. You get paid every month, two, three grand cover your expenses. How many houses do you need to do that with your yep. job right now? Right. You know, Absolutely. You, you hammer it out for five years, all of a sudden you can retire in 10 and be 35 and retired. Yeah. Why do you have to be 60 to go travel the world and play golf, you know, wherever, or, you know, see all these places you want to see and take off work. You don't have to do that. Right. You know? Right. It just so, you, like so
1: yeah. So you got the bug. You definitely got the bug. I mean, like me, so what'd you, what'd you do about it? How'd you jump in?
0: So the next thing after joining that club and kind of getting my education going, um, with the real estate, um, I had a nice, uh, I, I left the electrician field and started working for a government contractor. And so I had a decent income and this realtor came to me and was like, Hey, you know, a lot of these other guys are all real estate agents. They don't have steady incomes. So they can't get a loan for this, but maybe you can. And I uh, came to me with this fourplex and he was like, but you probably have to house hack it. You know, that's going to be the best way you can get into it. So he kind of really like, package this thing up to me and sold me on it. So I was like, okay, yeah. you know, let's, let's check this out. You know, if I can buy four doors at once, why not? And yeah, uh, realtors
1: and brokers can be great partners, right? Yeah. I mean, if they know what they're talking about, like if he has an investment mindset, like that guy clearly did. I mean, you know, man, there's a lot to be said. And, and that just goes to networking and knowing some people that can, I mean, this guy, this guy got you started. He got you set up.
0: He really did. He got me started. And, uh, you know, it was, definitely a roller coaster, you know, at the time (laughs) um, it was, it was interesting because I just started that government contracting job and I was getting put onto an off shift and they were giving me a dollar raise to go on an off shift. And then in six months they did 10%, but the dollar raise was up first. And uh, I needed that dollar raise to get this loan. Like we were at the very top of approval and I had to get my boss to actually sign a letter saying that I was going to get that. Um, so oh, yeah, it, that's cool. very close, but we, we ended up closing on it. Um, I got a, another partner with me, uh, to kind of just be like the, I don't know what you want to call it. Maybe like a secret partner, right? Cause my name's on the loan. Cause I had to house hack it. Uh, but he helps me with like the day to day. His income was a lot higher than mine. So now we have it, uh, well, I'll go into that story a little bit later if, if you want, but yeah, uh, let's
1: dig into that deal.
0: Okay. So um, <laughs> we bought it and we're just like, you know, hey, we're going to self-manage, right? We can do this. So for six months, I had to live in it, right? That's the whole point of house hacking after six months. You know, your, your lender kind of gets over the fact that you may not live there anymore, but you have to be there for at least six months to qualify for that FHA. Those rules might change, you know, so don't quote me, but um, that was the deal for me. And sure. um, so after six months, we started looking for a renter. And we started just dealing with all the issues. So luckily, I was an electrician because, holy crap, the electrical work was so bad. Uh, There's four units, three panels. Oh, wow. And they would just split up everything every month. And, well, hold on. No, they actually didn't even split it up. What they did was they just gave everybody a panel, even though there was four. Um, And so this one guy was paying like 20 bucks a month. For electric and I was just like that doesn't seem right and then I looked at it and his panel had two things in it there was like lighting and like an outlet and I was like okay so why is he doing that where's the rest of his circuit so we had to pretty much get everything going and I did all the work and we pretty much organized everything by unit and by who it goes to so now we got that all fixed out and then um after we did that we decided to make every mistake in the book for landlording um mm-hmm. So we decided to market it and we uh, had this tenant come in and she was like, Hey, you know, like love to pay this. Just got to move in by Friday. Should have been a red flag. We were just like, well, we haven't got income forever. Like that's fine. She's an older lady. You know, wh- you know what's the chances that she's a bad person? Um, didn't do a uh, tenant screening in time. Um, gave her the keys right away. It was good to go. Oh yeah. yeah you know, I'll get you the secure deposit next week. Uh, next week. Next week, next week next week and uh odd thing she was in there for six months before we got her out but wow. the odd thing is she actually paid me like twenty eight hundred dollars hmm. which was kind of odd because i was like if you're just gonna screw somebody why pay them anything you know because it's kind of Like she to- paid you that toward the end just throughout middle. so it's like she yeah. gave me like some of what she owed me then some more it might have even been like thirty six hundred dollars
1: yeah wow i mean she
0: she she got out of like six grand but like why give any anything you know and like um she kind of played on my nice character which i'm not as nice now um (laughs) (laughs) you know she was just like you know real religious lady so i was just like you know like i was trying to give her benefit of the doubt that she wasn't a bad person and like she was just going through stuff and uh turns out she was just like a bad person. Yeah. That's too bad. <laughs> like yeah, geez, um, so, so learn a, yeah,
1: a lesson there,
0: learned a lesson. And today we have a management company working for there us. You go. Right. Um, you know, I definitely recommend to anybody listening, if you are going to be self-managing, make sure you have the time, make sure you have a lot of people you can reach out to. And if not, I think the best practice is to let somebody run it for you and learn from them first and then branch off. There you Um, go. Yeah, that's good. My own experience. Yeah. Um, you know, if if you want to do something, you should watch somebody do it first, right? To get to make sure (laughs) you're doing the right stuff. Um, but yeah, so I mean, after we got the management company in there to do a professional job with their leases and take the calls and you know, all that kind of stuff, this thing is is rocking and rolling now. So um, you know, that that's been a (laughs) our journey with this fourplex and the FHA and all that kind of stuff. But you know, we put it on the market this year because uh as of right now it's 2020 and everybody's overpaying so sure <laughs> if somebody would ever pay for our stuff didn't end up happening so i mean we're, we're not too you know upset about it but uh we're making about 450 each cash flow each month so i mean it's just just per like unit that. or total total for both uh, of yeah
1: so, oh okay for both of you
0: yeah so yeah. about 450 so, yeah. bucks you know both of us and then we get the tax write off so i mean you know, we have a price that we would sell at, but anything less than that, like, it's not worth the tax write-offs and the cash flow. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, that's fantastic. I mean, very, so FHA loan, I mean, just, just most people know, but like, yeah, you don't have to put much down. Do you have to put five, 5% down or just three or? 3%
0: down? 3% so, down, yeah. So, the so you're into it was, for very little money? Yeah, the, the building was 440000 We put down about maybe nineteen. Yeah, gee whiz. I mean, yeah, it was, it was a great way to get in. I mean, we had to fix a lot of stuff. So, I mean, like that definitely started adding up. So, I'm glad we only put in 3%. Um, but, you know, going into that, we didn't have like the plans that we have now. You know, it wasn't like, hey, we're going to go in and renovate these units. It was like, oh, we bought it. Cool. You know, yeah. and like now. Yeah, because you were just getting started. <laughs> right. But like now it's just like, okay, now we, we kind of have more of a strategic plan when we go into like properties and what we look for. Um, yeah. but I got another story I can go into and why, like, I'm so solidified into multifamily.
1: Okay. Well, real quick. So you got, you got into it for 19. How much, how, how much do you think you had to put into it for
0: it? We're, we're probably around maybe 10 or 15. Um, you know, cause we had like some unit turns and me doing all the electric work really, really helped. Yeah. Um, you know, cause that electricians are expensive. I know. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know. I was able to get a buddy to come help me do a lot of that stuff. I mean, we really didn't have to upgrade much. I mean, the roof was like new. Um, nice. We really just had to do appliances, some plumbing work. Um, and, really and all that getting- money
1: is, is all that money yours.
0: Did you put up all the money for that? No, no, no. We, we split costs with my partner. You split too. Okay. Yeah, so even exactly. if you were,
1: gee whiz man. So even if you were into it for 40,000, which sounds like you didn't put quite quite that much into it. I mean, at four hundred. Fifty a month, or fifty? What? Oh, that was fifty-four hundred. I keep doing this wrong. Um, about about year twenty thousand. I mean, gosh, you're only at a twenty-seven percent return.
0: Yeah, on I your mean, money.
1: Yeah. I mean, just yeah. No wonder you don't want to
0: sell it that bad. <laughs> <I> mean, for <laughs> well, the money I mean, you have
1: into, it, it's an incredible return.
0: Yeah, we put it on the market for six hundred, and you know whether or not it's worth that, especially right now with the market in jeopardy. But um, you know whether it's worth that or not, that's you know, as the seller in a seller's sure. market, we have that choice. We're just like, you know, you got to hit this mark. And if not, yep. then, I mean, we don't care, you know? Yeah. And that's like, you know, when you're on the acquisition side, there's the buyer, the sellers that are kind of difficult to work with because you want to sure. find somebody with a bleeding neck, right? Yeah. And that's, that's the person where you solve their problem and it's like happy transaction, right? Yes. If you're just If you're just sitting there like, 600 or, you know, get away from the table,
1: <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. No, I recently, I, I, I have two of mine under contracts. I did find um, some buyers not quite as high as I uh, had hoped, but um, cause they're in tertiary markets, but plenty to, to, to kind of hit the numbers we were hoping to hit um, after just a year um, because yeah, because the market's so crazy. Um, right. But yeah, I, I told my, my broker that was selling, I was like, look, you are not, they are not bidding against like, uh, another bidder or like like, he, Hey, this is the only offer we got. Okay. That's fine. But like they're bidding against me, just refinancing and holding not exactly. against, you know what I mean? Like that's a good deal. That, that's, that's the power of buying correctly and, and doing a good job, getting professional management. in like you've done, I mean, I was able to do that with a couple of properties and now it's like, you know, to your point, like based on what I have into it, based on the cash flow, it's worth six hundred. Like to me, because right for me to keep it, it, it you know that that's kind of what it's worth. So it's either worth it for me to keep it, or it's it's worth it for me to get rid of it at six hundred and no less. So yeah, great position to be in. Um, yeah, so great job on that property there, Fritz. Uh, what yeah. uh what what story
0: were you going to tell to go along with that? Uh, so here's what solidified me into multifamily, right? And this has really kind of been my story that I've uh, been telling. So. First deal was the the fourplex, right? Got into it. Now it didn't start out great, like it's great now, but it started yeah. out shaky.
1: You didn't right? know what you were doing. You made a Didn't know mistakes, what I was like doing,
0: got all these new tenants, had to talk to them. Tenants weren't that great. Um, had all these electrical issues, and the, the property manager before that would just hire homeless people to do the work. So they were <laughs> not certified at all. Um, so we had to deal with a lot of like right? Yeah. Like, where it's just like, oh yeah, that's fixed. Like, no, it's not um <laughs> but anyway you fix that with duct tape right exactly or like they'll sleep in like the utility closet um <laughs> anyway so that one didn't start off that well but that's when i met my partner john and we were just like okay you know we're in this group and these people are like they were younger than me i'm i i do not think they're much younger than john but they're younger than me and i'm just like these guys are doing 10 flips a year you know, like, they're not working. Like, oh, that's what I want to do. And, like, you know, like, take action. Like, that's what you got to do. Well, <laughs> we decided to get into a flip. And this flip, i tell you what, man, I, if I, if you see any gray hairs on me, that's why I'm this mad. flip, this flip went completely sideways. I mean, we, you know, we did all the beginning mistakes, right? Like, we bought too high, didn't look at the comps as well as we should have. You know, we under estimated the renovation costs. So we had to pay shitty contractors. So we got shitty work. So I had to pay other shitty contractors to fix the shitty work. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, like we couldn't sell for what we wanted. Um, so I mean like this thing took us 18 months to get through and sell, which is supposed to be six. Sure. Um, so we paid interest payments, all this stuff yeah. and really what like the epiphany to everything, right? Like that was a very quick way to go through all the, that pain. That was a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. Um, But the epiphany behind it was that this fourplex, I made similar beginner mistakes, right? Yep. But every time I made a mistake in the fourplex, the other three tenants still covered my mortgage. They still covered my repairs. They still covered everything. My debt was still getting paid down. I still got tax write offs. The flip every time we made a mistake, that's thousands of dollars going out of my pocket. Yep. It's all on you guys. And yep. it, it, it just, it, and like, we're just like looking at this and we're just like, I don't want to say it's like safe because there's risk in every investment, but if you're going to be a beginner or if you're going to be somebody who like is trial by fire, multifamily is a little bit safer in my eyes because you have all these, all this money source coming in. It's mm-hmm. not like single family where you get that bad tenant in and he's in there for eight months. Cause you can't evict him. And yeah. you're stuck with that mortgage. You know, if we went through that with the fourplex, we had three other people who were gladly paying. Yep. You know, right. and like the flip, for example, if we can't sell it, we still got to pay that um, hard money loan or the, yeah. the insurance. Like, and it's just, we, that's where we were just like, okay, you know, enough trying to wholesale, enough trying to flip, enough single family. We wanted to be in apartments from day one, and we thought we had to do these stepping stones. Yeah,
1: I did the no same. More.
0: Thing. Yep. No more. We're going straight into multifamily, and we started educating ourselves from there.
1: Yep, yep. So, did, did you guys make any money on the on the flip? Did we break even, or we lost
0: collectively eighty five grand? Wow.
1: Yeah. And one. I worked
0: three hundred hours of overtime at my job just to pay for it.
1: Yeah, that's that's an expensive lesson, but
0: that is a very expensive tuition.
1: (laughs) Yes. Right. But, you know, um, I mean, I I was able to make I was able to make some, but it just ended up all the same things because that's what I did first was a flip. And um, a similar experience, though, where like so much more time, so much more energy, just another job. I mean, I left a really um, a corporate job that was not good for my family and went to a, a home health physical therapy job that was really good for my family. But then I added this flip and then it was like, just like being back at corporate. And my wife was like, this is the same thing. I thought real estate was supposed to be like, you know, all this independence and all, you know, it was like, it's going to be so great. Like I sold her on it and doing a flip was like, no, actually the flip is just like, just like being in corporate, like it's all in, you know, when you're trying to get ready to sell it and you can't find good contractors and you got to do it yourself and somebody messes something up and you got it. That was my experience. So I got to experience that part. Luckily, financially, I didn't lose, but time wise. And, and yeah, gray hairs wise, for sure. I, I got some gray hairs in that too. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, and then the whole time Fritz probably like, so you still own the four unit during that time and it's just sitting there making money for you while you're doing this flip. Right. Well, and you're, you you're know, not doing much.
0: We, we were still kind of like getting going through the transition through process. Yeah. So it turns out like the flip started going a little bit South, the exact same time that we had to evict that lady that took six months to get her out. So oh, I mean, man. like, I so was, this was a low point for you. I always get it from both ends. That's why I had to work 300 hours of overtime. Luckily at my job, the work was there so I could do that. I don't know what would have happened had I not made all that extra money. Um, But, you know, at at the end of the day, and I say this to John, and um, sometimes it makes him cringe when I say this, but it's true. Um, I'm kind of grateful that that happened. And the reason Mm -hmm. I say that is because if that flip goes well, I think to this day we're still flipping.
1: You're still flipping. Yep, and, I said the same thing about mine.
0: You know, like I just don't. I'm glad that we, you know, we tasted the broccoli and we're just like, ah, hey, you know, we don't like that. Like, that's not yeah. what we want to do. You know, we want to eat the steak, and that's what we wanted to do from day one. We're just like, right. you know, one day we're gonna own this. So we tried yep. wholesaling. You know, and wholesaling's hard. <laughs> yeah, very <laughs> really, really hard. Like you got to be really. I hard like letting own. other
1: people do that and buy their exactly. Deals
0: off, And, you know, flipping really hard can go really bad, really fast. So you got to be on, on your toes, buying and holding, you got to be able to have those systems to keep your renters in multifamily, you know, it's just a little bit of like both worlds, right? You can renovate the units, get the rents up, but you also have the rents coming in already. So, I mean, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm glad it happened because it changed my mindset to where we're going. Cause I, like hey, I well, it got you there quicker, right? Like, yeah, because exactly. like you said,
1: you could still be flipping today. I mean, you, you know, Michael Blanc, um, I'm sure one of the guys I listened to his podcast a lot and I think he flipped like 36 houses and did pretty well on it. And then it was like, man, this is just another job. But I'm, I think that was like over three or four years. And I think the same thing, like I said, you know, we did okay financially. Um, but just had a, a bad experience, you know, work-life balance wise. And and uh, my wife hated it, and I, I say, you know, I, I think God, you know, that was a blessing in disguise from God that like it only took me one flip to realize I didn't want to flip, and <laughs> and so sometimes I try to move so much quicker, and my wife really slows me down and like forces me to think about it. It's like, but actually, I moved quicker because she forced me to slow down because she was like, actually, even though we made money, this was not good. This is not what you said real estate was going to be, and I'm like, yeah, right. you know what? This is not what I want out of real estate. I don't want another really busy job, like. I, I, I enjoyed the, 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 work, but not like this. I don't want to be consumed right. by it. And I was, I was absolutely consumed for like three or four months at the end because ours took nine months. Um, and we sold immediately, but like the rehab took nine months. Um, but yeah, same experience, but no, I, I think of it as a blessing in disguise as well. They got to yeah. in a multifamily quick. Well, cool Fritz. Um, yeah, yeah. Great, great story there. Great, uh, lessons that you've learned, uh, that other people can, you know, can take and, and, and run with, and hopefully they, they learn from those. And, and, um, you know, maybe avoid some of them, but hopefully they jump in. And I think that, you know, what you said about your your four unit where you made all the mistakes. I mean, I could say the same thing. You made all the mistakes. I mean, it, it was bad. And then like, if you can stay with it, especially I believe like multifamily real estate, like it'll come around, it'll make you whole. I mean, if you can just stick with real estate and I think that's true for almost everything. I mean, even even if you bought a single family home, if you can stick with it, um, and it may be a long time, but like prices will come back, things will come back. And, and I think if you can get a renter in there to at least, you know, not have the holding cost to rent, you know, once you get a renter in there, like you're going to be made whole if you can hang in there. So I, I hope that's a good lesson for everybody. Um, but uh, how would you say uh, for, you know, real estate investing has positively uh, or negatively maybe uh, affected uh, your relationships? I, I know, I know you're young and, and haven't started a family yet, but um, any significant other that you have? How has real estate affected that, and how do you how do you hope that real estate affects your your future family?
0: Yeah, I really like this question. Um, so, with my with my faith, right? Because you know, I feel like in order to become something, it comes from internal, right? Mm-hmm. So if you want to be really successful in whatever, if real estate's the the vehicle you personally have to grow. You know, you can't be the same kid who does whatever X, Y, and Z on the weekends and still build a, a respectable business where you're meeting people, of, you know, a different caliber and you're trying to impress them. So, I mean, like, you know, it, it's different. So, I mean, you have to personally grow and I think real estate has enhanced that because not only that, because I, I, you listen to these people of like their great lives, and it's not just great lives, right? Like they have great families. They do cool stuff. They go on trips, you know, like they just provide everything for the family. And I'm part they give of this. Back. Mastermind. Yeah, they give right. back in a huge way. Yeah. So like I follow this group and I'm part of this mastermind, M1. And one of their great sayings, and I've kind of identified myself as a whole life millionaire. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's not just to be successful and financial because, you know, if you follow anybody of personal development, Tony Robbins is the guy I like to follow. He talks about people. The, the worst thing you can do is be super successful and be unfulfilled. Right? It's like, there's so many billionaires out there who just hate their life.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, they don't
0: have a family life anymore. You know, all their say, their them.
1: wife left them. They don't exactly. have a with their kids. All
0: their, all their friends hate them because you know maybe they're tough or you know a jerk. Yeah. You know, and it's just like you know you want to be a whole life. So like I think real estate can set that up for you because you know when I was in a church group, you know some guys they didn't comprehend like they you know sometimes people learn it and they say like money's bad right like money's a bad thing and i i tried i've I've been able to kind of shift their perspective and like yeah well you know like what causes do you like you know they're like oh you know like i like helping the homeless i like you know saint jude i like you know whatever And i'm just like well how much do you how much more do you think you could do if you have more resources Mm -hmm. you know and like that's where i look at it's like how much more can you impact your kid's life if instead of working nine to five or nine to nine, you know, you're off all day and you're done work by 10 o'clock and you can go pick them up from school. You know, you yeah. can take them to daycare and to all their sports events and you can go and teach them like, hey, I want you to go give them this check, you know, give them the feeling of that. Or like, you know, my, my causes are, you know, Alzheimer's. Um, I like St. Jude and I like under Operation Underground Railroad, which helps, um, you know, kids who have been captured or whatever, mm, like yes. sex um, yes. scandal that's going on. It's horrible, yeah. um, but like, you know, I like those causes and right now, you know, it's almost like Grant says, Grant Cardano, i a big Grant fan, you know, people can love or hate him, but I love what he <laughs> says cause he's extreme. Um, but like, he's just like, it is, it's almost everybody's duty to be successful financially and in life because you're selfish. If you can only bring in one income, and only supports so much like you only support your family to a certain extent you can only donate so much because you have a limit and when you start yeah. succeeding in life you can build that up and your impact just goes wider and wider and yeah. deeper and deeper. And so i guess to answer your question a little bit i've seen it positively enhancing it because i have to grow as a person in order to do these things like i'm not you can't be the kid or the person who goes to the bar seven days a week and yep. build a super successful billion dollar real estate co- like company you can't you yep. two different people you're not going to meet with the right people all that kind of stuff Yep. Um, you know you're not going to be the perfect husband because you can't give them your time right you're going to be stressing about money you're going to be stressed about going to work you know your job sucks so you're gonna be in a bad mood when you come home like it just affects everything so i think it's enhanced that and like what i hope it to do is i hope it to just It gives me that impact. You know, my dream is to be able to donate $100,000 a month to my three causes that I mentioned. And so, like, real estate is going to give me that option. I want to be able to travel and culture my family, you know, and, you know, my girlfriend right now. We need to travel the world. That's part of our uh, (laughs) goal together. But that's that's what we want to do. And I think real estate, you know, for someone like me, too, like, this is always, like, a mental block for me. But somebody who hasn't gone to college, you can learn this stuff. You can self-educate and you can sure. be somebody who do, does this. You don't have to go get a PhD in real estate finance. It might help, but you don't need it, you know? And right. like, that's where it's just like, I can do this if I just work and real estate gave me that spark.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I love what you said there. And I, I think, um, yeah, I think often Christians do, um, I mean, there's probably, you know, a lot of sermons preached on it, but I, I think Christians do get kind of a, uh, an, an unbiblical view of money, honestly, because, you know, the Bible doesn't say, you know, some people misquote and they say, you know, money is the root of all evil. And and that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. So sure. And and it says you can only worship one master, right? You can't worship God and money. So, okay. That's very different than saying, Hey, I'm going to use the talents God gave me to make a lot of money. So that, like you said, so that I not only have enough money to support my family, I've got enough money to support other people that God has created, like to go after other causes, to do to do have a big impact and and see God's kingdom grown here on earth, you know things like that. So, yeah, that, that's a very different thing than the love of money, than worshiping money. That's that's worshiping God and and using your talents to do more of that. Uh, so I think that's a very different thing. And um, uh, have you guys had Abel Pacheco on your podcast yeah. yet? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he so he calls his um, his company and his podcast Five Talents, and that's another great parable in the Bible that talks about you know, when when uh, the parable is that, you know, um, uh, the business owner or farmer, I forget, forget you know who he is in the story, but he comes and he gives guy, one guy, one talent, one guy, two, and one guy, five. And another gospel, it's like one, five and 10, I think, but it doesn't matter. Well, the guy with one just buries it in the sand and the master is ticked off because you did nothing with that. It's like, and you, it's money in the story. And I think, I think it's applicable to say this is how we should treat money, but it, it could be anything, but whatever God gives you, like He expects you to go do something with it. So to your point, like for somebody like you and I, who who feel called to go out, that's, that's using the talents God gave us. And that's what he calls us to do because the guy that had two talents and doubled it and the guy that had five talents and doubled it, the master was pleased with them because you took what God gave you and you went out and did something with it. You went, you went and doubled it. And, And I don't think he would have let the parable have money involved if he didn't, if he wasn't okay with us doing that with money. You know, like in the parable, like it literally, like they doubled their money and and then they give back to the master and they were able to do something with it. So it certainly matters what you do with your money, but it's certainly not bad to go out and double your money the way they did in that parable. So yeah, I think you make a great point
0: there. 100%. And I, like I said, I, I like extreme things. So Grant's quote is perfect. If, if you just extreme, he's extreme, but I love extreme. I'm a big fan of David Goggins too. He's extreme. Um, but you know, I like how he says it's selfish. If you're not making yourself successful, it's selfish because the parable of
1: five talents. I mean, that's certainly how it makes it sound like the guy that had one talent and buried it. I mean, the master came back and it was ticked. Is that like, I mean, basically like more or less like you were selfish. You were,
0: you You were were ignorant to do that. Exactly. No, that's, that's a feeling for me, man. (laughs) Yeah, That's
1: great. Well, what would you say, um, You know, great. You answered that so well. What would you say, uh, Fritzie, you kind of got into it there a little bit. What's the most important ingredient to to be successful in real estate? If someone's looking to get in, what what do you think is the most important thing they have to have or or focus on to be successful?
0: So um, in real estate in general and multifamily. Either
1: one, however you want to answer it.
0: So I'll go with multifamily because I think this answer will will speak a little bit more to that because it's more important. Um, But it's really your team. You know, I guess it could go for both mm-hmm. things, but your team is really like, it's so important. You know, you yes. need to have values aligned. You need to have, you know, be able to be productive together. Like you got to be able to work and you just got to have people who are good at what you're not, you know, and like in all that, I is so big, you know, I can be good at marketing and finding deals and talking to brokers and John can be good at underwriting and Ryan can be good at capital raising and separate you know we're all like decent at the things that we're lacking but together you get to really shine in your one area and like i think you know having the values aligned and and just being able to bring people who have really good one talents into one like team it, it's the most important thing if you have a bad team that's the easiest way to probably either fail or just double the time it takes to hit your goals yeah your team is everything
1: yeah I think, yeah, great answer. I couldn't agree more, especially I think the, the bigger the deal, you know, when you get into multifamily, I think that's more true. But yeah, if you want to buy a bunch of single family homes, that's definitely true there as well. Um, I mean, what would you say, Fritz, um, you know, I know you're just getting started um, with, with your girlfriend, but like, what's the most important ingredient for maintaining faith and family as a priority, you know, as, as you're really trying to get in this multifamily thing and get it going?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, um, really it's time management you know, and I I think that's, it's, it it comes to like anything successful, right? If you're starting a business or anything like that, but real estate in particular, you know, we're excited about it. I mean, me and you talked probably for 40 minutes before we even recorded this about real estate, because we're obsessed with it. You know, you have to be obsessed to be great. And, um, you know, we can obsess at work till 12 at night and it's no big deal. But what the problem is, is, you know, we're, Missing out on things that are right in front of us, our family yeah, time, right. our yep. time with our girlfriends or spouse, our time with our, you know, whatever is there, you know, you're missing out on that time. And, you know, as you start like getting into this and becoming great, you know, at what you do, you become more organized and you start living by your calendar, live yeah. and die by the calendar. I was going to ask right? if you do
1: that. So you're, you're blocking live off time for your girlfriend. You have to and... block
0: off time, you know, yeah. and like, even if it's a day. And you just need to stay strict to it. You know, if Mm -hmm. if something comes up on that day off, unless your building's on fire, you know, like you you really kind of got to let that go and you got to put systems in place. So if you're struggling right now and you're swamped like you were in that flip, you got to put systems in place today. You know, and like, I'm a big systems guy. I love systems. I will spend, you know, two days building something before I even do it. You know, Mm -hmm. just just to have a process so I know how it's going to work. And then I, you know, once I get it going, then I make a video of how to do it so I can plug somebody else in there. So I don't always have to be the one that does it. And like the systems will help you with your time management, but it's, that's how you have to do it. You know, like even like time for the church, you know, of course you could work on Sunday. Everybody can, you know, you can work (laughs) six to six on Sunday, but what are you missing? You're missing that time off from the real estate because you do need time off from whatever you're working on. Cause it helps you recuperate, but you need to, you need to fulfill that spiritual need, you know, yeah. and the relationship need you need, you have these needs in life and like, you need to explore it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, God, God, you know, Jesus said that the Sabbath was made for us. We weren't made for, for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for us so that we could have that rest, that recharge. And, um, I forget who it was that said it, but they said it in such a good way. But they—they they, um, it was somebody they had on Bigger Pockets, and the guy had written a book, uh, some really good books. And he he just said basically like, you will never come up with a new idea. You'll never come up with anything creative. You'll never come up with like anything inventive for your business unless you're bored. You have to be bored, and that makes so much sense, right? Like you're saying, like we can obsess, but the things you and I are obsessing over are like the things of today. Like we're like all in, right? Like, oh, let's, underwrite, let's underwrite these deals. Let's do, like, it's when you're sitting there relaxed on a Sunday, like a thought might come, hey, what if we do this different? Like, like, like you take a step back. So I, I think you're right. And then that's just, that's talking business-wise, but certainly for your spirituality, for your relationships, man, that time, you, you gotta have it. You gotta have that time off.
0: Yeah, I mean- I uh, it's good. Use your scheduler to,
1: to make sure that happens.
0: Yeah, to your business thing though, um, Tim Ferriss said this one time, he was like, yeah, you know, if you followed me around for a week or two, he said, you'd probably be really bored. It's like a lot of times I just think and think and think. And he's like, I just think of what's the one thing that if I do it well, it'll make everything else obsolete. Yeah. And like that is just such a huge, uh, just way of thinking, right? Like yep. if you just like took that day at Sunday, you know, you went to church, you spent time with family and like you're sitting there at night planning your week. And you're just like, what if, What could I get done this week that's going to take me from where I am to where I want to be in seven days? You know, and, yep. I, and it's like those empowering questions that you can ask yourself that those are the, the you know, the separation. You know, yep. the guy who's working around the clock, he, he he don't have time to think like that. No, he's you know, just do. on the hamster
1: wheel. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you do. And you think about that stuff. And that's, that's that 1%, that 2%, the 3%. Yep. Then all of a sudden you got this giant gap between you and the next person and that's why you're succeeding and they're still struggling.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, ex- absolutely. Well, you, you've mentioned a lot of my, I was going to ask you like for a favorite quote, and no, a book recommendation. What What do I you got? got of, good. What do you got for us for a, for a quote Fritz?
0: One's from David Goggins. Um, and he said it either on a podcast or in his book, but he said, there's no finish line. And that's mm. a quote I really kind of like because, It just lets you know that like, this is a lifestyle. This is, this is your life. You're building what you, it's not what you do. It's, it it becomes what you are. You are somebody who makes business happen. You are somebody who gives, you know, intentionally to your Mm -hmm. causes. You are somebody who, you know, spends time with their kids and wife because you can, because you're financially taken care of. It is a lifestyle. You build it and you, you help others. You know, so there's just there's no finish line. Like a lot of people think, like, oh, I'm gonna work out for four weeks and then I'll have abs. And yeah, you know, it's summertime. Oh right? yeah. Good there's no there. fin- there's no wow. finish line. You got to keep nope. going. You keep going. You keep going. And that's just that's business. That's life. That's relationships. It's everything. So, Absolutely.
1: So what about books? Sounds like it um, sounds like you read a lot, listen to a lot. What are some I good do. recommendations for people real estate wise?
0: So I'm gonna plug our book yeah please do yeah so uh me and john uh wrote this um underwriting ebook for multifamily properties you can get a free copy of it at uh bitly bit.ly forward slash underwriting ebook you can get a free copy of that Um, i think it's really good it's like you know 47 parts but it it breaks down everything you need to know and if you're looking to have a skill you know, in this trade, like if you're looking for your position and the team or whatever, like underwriting is clearly huge um, part of our business. But yep, enough plugging. Um, no, that's <laughs> good, great though.
1: Good, underwriting good so real. important. Yeah, no, I know you guys do a good job of it. So yeah, I, I recommend people go to check, check that out.
0: Yeah, I I, 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 you know, John wrote that, and you know, we worked together on it and all that kind of stuff, and it's it turned out really well. And like, you know, we, a yeah. lot of people. Oh, that's
1: awesome. Congrats back. on that.
0: Um, so for multifamily, I would definitely recommend, recommend, um, Joe Farris's book. Yeah. Um, Best step book.
1: real estate syndication, but yeah, it's a great. I,
0: I've gifted that many times to people. Maybe. I mean, you know, it's like, it's like 50 bucks, but I tell you what, it's, it's, it's a great book. Um, it's a textbook. It's, it's, it's a just textbook. a textbook. Yeah, yeah. To follow. It literally yeah. is a step-by-step textbook, you know, um, you kind
1: of talked about how you, uh, like to give back. Oh, I didn't ask you, did you have any, um, faith slash like family related Books. I mean, you, you talked about like self improvement, anything along those lines.
0: Oh uh, well, self improvement definitely. Um, f- for faith related, there's the four spiritual laws of prosperity. Um, okay, who wrote that? A, um, you don't have to look it up if you don't. Yeah, yeah, I was I, I forget I'll, who I'll, wrote I'll, I'll it, but it. it was it was a really good book because it <laughs> just kind of goes into like that abundance mentality, but it sure. also pulls a lot from you know the Bible and stuff like that and how it relates to, um, attaining prosperity. Yeah. essentially. And, uh, you know, I still follow the four rules today. One of them is, you know, 10% goes to tithing. And, you know, that's, it is so crazy. Cause in the book, she's like, you're going to, you're going to feel like, you know, this is not doing anything. And mm-hmm. honestly, since I've done that, my income has gone up. And like I said earlier, you know, it's been hard for us to buy deals this year. So it hasn't even been doing deals. It's just been other, yeah. other avenues. And I was able to discover that, you know, maybe by chance, maybe not, you know? Right. And so, like, that's it, something that I, I'm going to do for the rest of my life, obviously, but it's just, it's crazy. Yeah, you know? that's and, awesome. Um, it just gets you thought provoking.
1: You, you talked a little bit about this too, Fritz, but how do you like to give back? And, and how do you plan on giving back in the future? You, you hit on some of the causes that you most passionate yeah. about.
0: So um, I still struggle to find, like, an in-person Cause that i can do because i want to give you yeah. not just money yeah you know, like it's yeah kind totally of agree. unemotional to just write a check it's um, hard during covid it's definitely a lot harder during covid yeah. um, our church
1: has had to cancel some of the some of the in-person things that we were, yeah, we were involved so, in.
0: yeah so is mine um yeah. but you know i wanted to find something i could reoccurringly do in person um haven't been able to find something that really kind of like gets me going yeah. Um, you know, I was doing stuff for Red Cross for a little bit, but uh, I do donate to Alzheimer's Association, St. Jude and Operation Underground Railroad. That's awesome. Um, but like I said, in the future, you know, I, I want to be able to donate over 100K a month and organize events around those, those causes. And, um, you know, like whether it's golf outings or just, you know, yeah. other, other events where, you know, people are just looking to donate. Um, yeah. I just want to awesome. be involved in that in, in a more like hands on yeah uh, situation.
1: I think you're gonna get there, man. That's awesome. Um, Wait well, hey, in the, in the coming weeks for so how might my listeners and I be praying for you?
0: Um, you know, I, I believe me and my team are really trying to launch out a whole bunch of stuff to help folks um, learn about multifamily investing. So yeah. you know just trying to get things quick out there and just make sure I, I just pray that we can you know deliver. You know, that's, that's what we're trying to do. We got a lot of experts working with us. We got a lot of people who, you know, we're working on some asset management courses. We got the underwriting course that we're trying to get out. You know, we, at the end of the day, we want this to be um, very valuable to people. You know, we want to provide value first. And uh, that's, that's really what we're trying to do. We just want to deliver a good product. Yep, absolutely.
1: All right, man. Well, Hey, I've taken up enough of your time. <laughs> you've been very generous, man. You've given us so much, a lot people can learn from, I mean, you know, just starting bootstrapping it from the beginning and, and having, um, a lot of difficulty, but like, you know, being made whole cause you stuck with it. Uh, so anybody can do that. I mean, anybody can jump in and, and, uh, you know, you've obviously got a big vision and I, I have no doubt you're gonna, you're gonna take it down, man. I, but I think you're doing the right thing by being patient. I mean, you, you and I, like, like we said, you know, talking for 40 minutes, I think we agree where we're at and, um, you know it's tough it's tough to be patient when you're uh, a go-getter like you are but um man, I, you know it seems like the, the guys that, that, that are you know the guys and girls you know that are patient you know do really well instead of jumping in and making big mistakes so thanks so much again fritz and uh, take care man yeah man no problem yeah god bless See you thank you for joining us for another great episode I hope you'll take action on what you've learned today. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving Lee a five-star rating and review and check him out on threefoldrei.com. Until next time, 1 Timothy 6.17.